In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Blessed Mother, being Saturday, and all of us, sons and daughters of yours consecrated to you, we we ask humbly that you receive us into the refuge of your Immaculate Heart, united with our beloved Saint Joseph, and that through you, our Blessed Mother, one with your spouse, the Holy Spirit, you invoke the Holy Spirit to come upon all of us. We humbly submit to the power of the Holy Spirit to open our hearts, that he speak through me as one with you, our Blessed Mother, and that he open each of your hearts fully to receive all that God wants to, to give all of us. We ask you, our Blessed Mother, to draw us deeper and deeper into the sacred heart of Jesus, that we come to know through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, the love of our beloved Father, Abba, most holy trinity, May this time today, all of us united as one heart, the body of Christ, be a time to give you glory and honor and praise. And may our transformation into your likeness and image be a source of grace for many, many souls who are so lost throughout the world who do not know you. Cover this meeting with your precious blood, Jesus, and the mantle of purity of our mother. Protect it from any attacks of Satan and protect this means of communication from any attacks of Satan. All for the glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I made the decision to focus on healing, which is the beginning of the simple path to union with God, because through that, it opens the door. It's, it's an important formation to live as spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. And it is the initial preparation to live during these decisive times that we have already entered as God's holy men and women warriors um, in the army of our Blessed Mother. To, to fight the great battle we've entered. So last week, somebody sent me an article and the article was called, Thank Bruno and Our Fear of Silence. And it was written by a priest, Father Billy Swan. And I started to read it and I thought of all of you. And I'm going to, to share some of the things that this priest mentioned in his article that I thought was important for you and, and for me. He said, to face oneself in stillness is an essential exercise of knowing our true selves and knowing God. 
We can only know ourselves by facing ourselves. Once we stopped running from ourselves. He mentioned St. Augustine in his article. And he said, when St. Augustine did manage to enter into himself in silence, not all he saw was pretty. St. Augustine quotes, Lord, you turned my attention back to myself and I look and was appalled. <laughs> you thrust me before my own eyes so that I should discover my iniquity and hate it. Silence is also the space in which God revealed himself. Into this silence, he speaks his word. Immersed in silence, we listen to God with the ears of the heart. Now, this is very important because many people are accustomed to praying a lot of prayers. And even entering contemplation, yet true contemplation and the work of the Holy Spirit is that we must enter first and foremost into our own hearts to face ourselves. And that takes great courage. It takes great docility and great humility to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal ourselves to ourselves so that we can come more and more to hear and know and see God within us. In the simple path to union with God, on page 30, number seven, our Lord spoke to us about this interior scene, seen with the eyes of our heart. And the Lord explained it this way. He said, Mary immediately turns your gaze to my crucified love, but many cannot see me because their eyes are covered by the darkness of sin. Mary, your advocate, and spouse of the Holy Spirit immediately calls upon my spirit to come to the aid of your soul. The planks of pride, self-love, vanity, and sins of all kinds are revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. It is here at my feet through the gift of repentance that you begin to see grace builds upon grace, but also each grace removes a veil that keeps the eyes of your soul from seeing the glory of God before you. And the darkness that keeps you from hearing the whisper of God within you. So all of us 
had all these planks. All of us have pride and self-love and vanity and sins of all kinds. And all of that is a darkness that is like covering our interior eyes of the soul from being able to come into contact with God. So the initial work of the Holy Spirit with our Blessed Mother is to bring us to the foot of the cross to begin in contemplation this beautiful interior work. And the last thing this priest said that I want to share with you from the article is he said, we discovered that the silence embraced by St. Bruno and lived by the Carthusians monks becomes not a burden, but the space in which we can know ourselves more deeply and know God better. Free from distractions and noise, it leads us deeper into reality and all that is true. In the Bible, the heart is mentioned, the word heart is mentioned 837 times. Yet, the great majority of souls live more in the mind, in the head, in the intellect, and more on a superficial level than into the heart. And, and this is also, you know, an important work for our, our, our priests, our seminarians. It is entering into the school of Mary, is entering into the school of the heart. And the transformation of the person is deep within the heart. So if we want to truly be transformed men and women saints, we have to be willing and open to allow the Holy Spirit to take us deep within ourselves. So the question becomes, how do we go deeper? In Matthew 7, 7, Jesus gives us a very simple answer. He says, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Therefore, in chapter two of the path, what did our Lord teach us? What did our Blessed Mother teach us? That she is going to bring us to the foot of the cross. And what do we do? We kiss the feet of Jesus. Interiorly, in your contemplation, you we place our lips, as you saw Mary do in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. I mean, I always have a cross, you know, near me. I have a cross in my nightstand by my bed. I usually sleep with it under my pillow. And, you know, just physically also every day, before I start my day, I kiss my cross, I kiss Jesus, and I consecrate my day. I open myself up to him. So we go to the foot of the cross and we ask. 
and we ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit of knowledge. An important gift of the Spirit because without the gift of knowledge, we cannot know ourselves nor know God. So the gift of knowledge is like a coin that has two sides. On one side is self-knowledge and on the other side is greater knowledge of God. And it is a gift. It is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we need to ask for it. So we kiss the feet of Jesus every day. And we ask, what do you want to reveal to me? What at this point in my life do you want me to know? What am I blocking within myself that I'm not even aware of? The moment we begin to honestly ask for the gift of self-knowledge, we're going to receive it because God will never deny a soul that asks for this gift. The other thing we have to do is when we receive self-knowledge, that is when we receive the gift of the gold of precious repentance. We cannot know our sins and the root system of our sin patterns without the gift of knowledge. And what we don't see in ourselves, we don't even repent from because we don't know. How many times have you felt like you want to go to confession and you're not even sure? I'm not even, what are my sins? What did I do? We live life and we even forget. And so that is why the gift of knowledge at the foot of the cross is so important. On page 36 of the path number nine, the Lord said this. You enter the cross through the gate of my mother. She accompanies you to the foot of the cross to kiss my pierced and wounded feet. This first encounter is the awakening of your soul. It is through this act of humble love in imitation of my mother in which you receive the gift of knowledge. Therefore, receiving the gold of precious repentance. We've had in the ch church the beautiful gift of St. Faustina, the beautiful messages of our Lord to St. Faustina on divine mercy. And yet, to live in mercy is to live knowing more and more our misery to live in repentance before God receiving his mercy. If I don't repent, I don't receive mercy. They are all connected. So it's so beautiful when we live knowing ourselves. The second way to go deeper is we have to be willing to become vulnerable. And that can be very difficult for us. So there are two key words I wanna focus now on, vulnerability and intimacy. 
because they go hand in hand. We see in the Gospels, the woman that goes to the feet of Jesus. Boy, did she make herself vulnerable and kisses them and pours ointment on them and dries them with her hair. I mean, and all the Pharisees are thinking the worst of her and why God could permit such a woman to do such a thing. You can see all the murmurings and all the judgments. And yet this woman made herself vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, she receives the gift of a profound, intimate union with Christ. She receives the gift of an intimate love poured out of Jesus Christ upon her. Wow. So to really enter an intimate relationship with Christ, we have to first make ourselves vulnerable. So we see that self-knowledge, the fruit of self-knowledge is repentance. And the fruit of repentance is humility. Because the first level of humility is that we come to personally know who we are, which is misery. We come to know and are at home with our own weakness. When I live knowing my nothingness, my weakness, my incapacity to love well, then I live more and more gazing at God, dependent on him. So without self-knowledge at the foot of the cross, we are not even able to grow in true humility. So it's so important for us. On page 40 in number 10, a lot of these I've just taken some excerpt. I, I don't have time to read all of it. So I'm just kind of giving you going a little deeper into some parts that I feel are, are the most important, okay? The Lord said, souls advance from this part of my path, my feet, depending on their docility to the lights of the Holy Spirit on their many patterns of sin. The soul that lives wrapped in the gift of knowledge grows in true humility and is then able to advance in my path on the wings of the Holy Spirit. So I always see myself like wrapped in the gift of self-knowledge. It's a constant openness to see and an attentiveness to my heart where I'm constantly seeing my dependency on what others think of me my nervousness today coming to speak to you. It's like, my Lord, you know, when will I be detached from all these things? But it's such a beautiful way to live, not like in the light before God. And by living that way, God blesses us abundantly with the gift more and more of transformation. On page 44, it says this, the soul which receives the gift of self-knowledge and sees the hardness of its own heart arrives at a moment of decision. And this is 
important for all of us because we have free choice. We have our free will. And that is the soul can either accept the gift of knowledge of seeing something ugly and dark within us or reject it. If we reject it, we remain in the darkness and it never feels good. Well, most of the time when we receive this self-knowledge, especially from another person, that they tell us something that they see in us that's off. Um, we, because of our woundedness and brokenness, we, we can feel all kinds of things. But if we truly take what a soul has said to us and are willing to take it to prayer and take it with Mary to the foot of the cross and really ask the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity that is responsible for this powerful work in our hearts. And we really say, Holy Spirit, give me the grace. Are you revealing something to me? Give me the grace to see it. And we begin to accept this in us and see it. Then that sting becomes like a sweet balm. And we grow. And the reason so many people go to confession and go to confession and stay with the same sin over and over is because they're not really willing to see the root system of what's deeper inside. And this takes me to Hebrews chapter 4, 12, 13, because St. Paul tells us, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The day we die, we breathe our last breath, we're going to come before God and we're going to see ourselves fully. But the beautiful work of God is that he wants to do this work gently in our lives, in this journey he's given us on earth to prepare us for heaven. So we have all these opportunities to lay bare our hearts before God on earth. And the souls like St. Catherine of Siena, this path is very similar to her path of the cross, that are willing to do this are the saints. So sins, let me speak a minute of sins, because Many times we go to confession and we tell the priest something we did. Okay, so I got mad and I yelled at my children. You know, I, you know, got into pornography. Um, you know, so there's the little sins, there's the deepest, you know, the greater sins, adultery, um, you know, bad moods, 
all of these things and, and we go and we bring that. But many times when you do gardening and you pull weeds, if you pull just the top part of the weed, it grows right away. Before you know it, you've got your weeds again. You've got to pull them out from the roots. And that is many times what we don't do with our sins. We keep bringing to God in confession the leaves of our weeds. Not allowing God to take us to the root system of their sins so that they can be pulled out from deep within our hearts. And God can fill that space with his blood with his life. So we need to ask when we commit a sin. If I'm always impatient, if I'm always in a bad mood, well, that's, you know, that's a disorder. Why am I always in a bad mood? Why did I react to that situation with anger? What was deeper? What's the, the depth of the root system of my anger? If somebody keeps falling into pornography, what? There's a root system there. There's something much deeper in that addiction. So we need to ask why, and I'll explain that in a minute, but why is an important question. Because the moment before God that we ask why, we are giving God permission to answer us. We are giving God permission to take us to that why. We are opening our hearts. When I really want to know why, I'm opening my heart to God and he's going to show me. So that's a little bit of the importance of chapter two, at the feet. Like I told you the last time I spoke to you, the way the Lord formed us and continues to form us in the path is to live it, not to read a book. We spent an entire year just at the feet, learning about self-knowledge. St. Catherine of Siena in her book, The Dialogue, speaks a great deal. God, God the Father speaks a great deal to her about self, about knowledge. It's so important. So I'm going to now enter a little bit into chapter three into, into the wounds. But there is a section that I say is probably the gem of gems of the path. And chapter three is entering into the peer, into the peer side of Jesus because we are not meant to remain at the foot of the cross. We are meant to enter into Christ to become one with love. Okay. So I want to talk about suffer with him. Our hearts are purified by direct contact with his wounds. Now, in the path, we mention the story of St. Thomas. And I want you to think about this because you all are the third order 
of the contemplatives of St. Joseph. You know each other. You've been together in this formation, as Betty tells me, for some time. It's a five-year process, right? Now, what about if you all were united in one of your, your meetings in person, you're not on Zoom, you're in person, and you have this incredible, God grants you this grace of this incredible experience of the Holy Spirit. And you all experienced this, but one of you wasn't at the meeting that Saturday. And then you come another day and you're all excited and you're telling your brother, sister in community, look at what happened to us. And one of you looks at them and says, I don't believe you. Now, you know each other quite well. The apostles lived with each other in Christ for for some years. Would any of you doubt if all of you were saying and sharing the experience you had? But Thomas did. By Thomas saying, I can't believe that. I doubt. Unless I touch those wounds and see it myself, I can't believe you. Well, what's being revealed there too is something we all have. We all have doubts. We we all have a certain darkness in our own hearts, just like St. Thomas and all the apostles. And that darkness by his reaction comes to the light. And yet something powerful happens. Jesus comes and reveals himself, his wounds. And he invites St. Thomas to touch his wounds. And the moment St. Thomas touches Jesus's wounds, he receives healing. And what does he say? My Lord and my God. Transformation. So by touching the wounds of Jesus, we come direct personal contact with his love. That is the key to healing. How do we touch his wounds? That's on page 87 of your path. We touch Jesus's wounds by uniting our sufferings with his. This is the necessary process to union with God. St. Paul tells us that there is a condition for us to be children of God and fellow heirs with Christ. This is the condition, St. Paul tells us, provided we suffer with him. Romans 8, verses 12 to 17, meditate them. The Lord said this to us. The cross without my sacred heart is useless suffering brought about by sin. But suffering united to my cross is new life. It is participation in the work of redemption, which is participation in the life of the Trinity. Everybody on earth suffers. Suffering is part of our human condition on earth. Yet there is a lot of useless suffering. And part of the mystery of the cross is entering the mystery of suffering. 
And when we unite our suffering to Christ, it is transformed in him. And here is the key to intimacy. When we suffer with someone, our focus is not on ourselves, but on the other. Think of anyone that you have suffered with. Anyone in your family, if anyone you've accompanied with cancer, whatever it can be. When you suffer with someone, you're focused on that person. You're focused on their suffering. And when you really enter their suffering and suffer with them, you, you live a profound intimacy with those souls. It's beautiful. It's beautiful for the person suffering with, and it's, it's, it's really powerful for the person that's suffering, receiving the care of the, because it's love. Love suffers with the other. That's Christ with us. He has suffered everything with us. And he continues suffering everything with us as he's in the Eucharist. So let me give you an example that's in the path. It was an example of an experience I had years ago when the Lord was first bringing me to this understanding. A friend of my sister's received the news that her husband wanted to leave the marriage. He said to her, I don't love you anymore. I want out. And he did leave the house. They had just adopted three children. Shortly after that, he tells her this. So my sister says, Lourdes, go speak to her. What can you, you know, you feel so uncomfortable. What do you say to somebody in this state? So I went and all I had in my heart was this, that the Lord was teaching me. And the first thing, you know, we had to do is I had to just listen. But she begins to speak about the pain. But in that wound that she received so profoundly by her husband, there's a lot of stuff, right? I was hearing resentment, anger, maybe hatred, self-pity, revenge, all of that. Because all wounds, just like a physical wound, if you leave it and don't treat it, gets infected. All our wounds, especially childhood wounds and from have been infected. And all our with resentment is an infection. We'll talk, you know, another topic is lies, but that's an infection. Okay, so, you know, we're listening, I'm listening to her. And then I asked her, what is your deepest pain? What are your tears? What are your tears? And she just looked at me and he goes, He's abandoned us. There, he hit the core wound. That's the wound. I have been abandoned, rejected by my husband. 
and that is painful. Yet, at that moment, what did I do with this beautiful woman? I started to walk with her through the scriptures, all the times that Jesus was abandoned. Jesus has been abandoned and continues to be abandoned. Jesus has, was betrayed. Now, I said, you need to focus on suffering your abandonment with him. All of us have the tendency in our suffering to remain self-absorbed in our own suffering. The work of the Holy Spirit is to move us out of ourselves into the wounds of Christ. Now, you can't suffer resentment with Christ. You can't suffer hatred with Christ. You can't suffer revenge because that's not in Christ. That's all the infection. I'll talk about that in a minute. But what we suffer with Christ is the pure pain of the wound. That is in Christ. And that is how you touch the wounds of Christ. When this woman touched her wound of abandonment and suffered it, and saw the wound of abandonment in Christ, reading those scriptures of when Jesus goes to his hometown and they reject him. And then they want to even throw him off the cliff. If you ponder that, you're going, wow. We can never know the pain and the wound of Jesus of abandonment if I myself have never suffered abandonment in my life, nor you. But when this woman entered the core of abandonment and saw it in Christ, she entered an intimate relationship with Christ through the wound of abandonment. And then she touches love. And what did love give her the grace to do? What St. Thomas did, my one and my all. He strengthened her. And this woman became a warrior woman with all her Emmaus group of women and started to pray for her husband, for his conversion, for his deliverance. He came back home. Now, it doesn't always turn out that way. Many times it doesn't. Yet, we still can save the soul of that husband or that son in Christ, through Christ, with Christ. Am I willing to suffer this pain God permitted in my life for the salvation of the soul that hurt me? That's what Christ did. That brings a new purpose and meaning to our lives. That brings us into a profound intimacy in the sufferings of Christ. On page 93, number 30, Jesus Christ speaks about his abandonment. He says, I suffered abandonment so that you could enter into the fullness of life in the Blessed Trinity, living in the loving embrace of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I call you to suffer all with me so that you can serve as my balm to alleviate my pangs of seeing so many of my children 
especially my consecrated souls, abandon me. At the same time, as my disciples of reparation, your suffering as one with me saves many from the fires of Gehenna. Therefore, if we are going to live more and more transformed in Christ, we have to be willing to suffer with him. But in that is the mystery that St. Paul writes about of the cross. We actually find the greatest joy in our lives, the greatest peace and the greatest fulfillment because we actually enter into the work of Christ with Mary of the redemption of the world and souls. And there is no greater work for our fulfillment in life than that. That's the gift. Okay, so you can see all our wounds. I like to picture it like a volcano. At the top of the volcano is the anger, all the negative emotions, okay? And then at the core of the volcano is where the pure wound is with the pure pain. And many times we have to let go of all the top part that's, you know, the anger, um, the resentment, the jealousies, all of those things before we can enter and hit and feel the pure pain. So the Lord said on page 96, number 31, why do I desire and need for you to suffer with me? And he answered it, he said, it is through my suffering that you come to know love. Love is purified in suffering, but my suffering is pure love. Therefore, when you suffer with me, your love is purified in me. This suffering with me and loving with me brings new life, a new creation. By allowing all suffering to draw you into my sufferings and sorrows, you will come to know love, which is God. My sacred heart is pure love. You were created for love, but how few come to know love and enter the joy of living in love. And then the Lord said in number 32, trust. And this is hard for us because the simple path is really quite simple because God is simple. But for us, because of sin and our own darkness and woundedness, it, it, it's difficult. But the Lord said, trust. For there isn't a suffering I permit that will not bring you into the union of love I desire. When we come to truly believe that, that there isn't a suffering that God permits that is not for our greater good and to bring us to happiness. So we 
glorify him in all things, in the good and the bad, because in all things, he is truly working for our good. This woman who received the wound of abandonment, it was a horrible suffering, but because of that suffering, she entered an intimacy with Christ she had never known. Because of that suffering, she received the simple path and started a new life. Because of that faith in suffering with Christ, she was able to deliver her husband from a great oppression he was receiving. The Lord permitted something for a greater good. And ask, you're so blessed to have community like I am. It's so beautiful when we're going through a suffering and we can help one another remember this. Because many times we're in the in the, the heart of the suffering, it's everything gets kind of foggy and, and we lose sight. I, I think about it, you know, giving birth. I had, you know, eight natural childbirths and my husband was my coach. And in the midst of the greatest pains, I could lose my focus. I had my focal point. I had Jesus crucified on a big picture in front of the, the room. But my husband was the coach that kept saying, Lord, is look at Jesus, suffer with him. You know, he, he had to help me. That, that's in our community what we do with what's called spiritual accompaniment. You know, we help one another when those times come to remember, to suffer well with Christ, to turn our gaze out of self-pity, to suffer in, with Christ, to help us get through all that resentment, that anger, and enter the pain of that wound to suffer it with Christ. That's a good coach. That's a good spiritual accompanier. And we need that. And that is part of the beauty of living and having a community. So be there for one another. So let me go to the last part. How our wounds are healed. Begins on page 105 of your pack. Only Jesus' wounds heal. The first thing is that we all have to get to a point where we acknowledge that we are wounded. And we seek to know our wounds. And, you know, I've worked with souls through the years and, you know, they tell me, nope, I don't know. God healed me and I have no wounds, you know. <laughs> And it's like, there is so, they're so closed because, and I, I was recently working with someone that's discerning our community and it's been months and I, she kept telling me, nope, you know, I don't know, you know, my family and, and all of us, we could be from a good family, but there's still wounds. It's just part of the human condition, you know, from original sin. I don't know. I have no idea what my wounds are. And finally I said, okay. Let's do something. Your homework for this month is all I want you to do is be attentive to your heart. Because believe it or not, one of the things that happens when we're wounded as children, we don't know how to process as children the pain of not being loved the way we needed to be loved, you know, whatever it was. 
So we close up that pain within us. And a lot of times the pain is buried deep within us. And part of the work of the Holy Spirit to truly enter union with God is we need to come in contact with the pain that's in the depth of our own hearts in order so we can really come to know and live in the pain of Christ and one another. If I haven't been in touch with my own pain, how can I truly suffer with you and come in contact with your pain and Christ's pain? It's a blockage. So we need sometimes help to be able to get to those deep places to unlock that room we buried our our pain in. So I said to this woman, okay, just pay attention because she lives in her in her mind. Very career oriented, very intelligent, but she's used to living in her mind and not in her heart. So I said, you need to become attentive to your own heart because we don't realize it, but so much goes on in our heart and we've learned to just go on with life and really don't even know what's going on. So I said, I, anything bothers you, I want you to write it down in your journal. Anything upsets you, write it down in your journal. Start to be in touch with your own heart. And recently I spoke to her and she said, oh my goodness, I came in contact with this and this. And finally she starts to discover by being attentive to her reactions, what was bothering her, um, was that as a little girl, he was the star daughter. And not only that, she was the star student. In kindergarten, at the age of six, the teacher made her like the teacher. The teacher would leave and she was in charge at six of the classroom. So from a very early age, she had to be perfect, the star. And she lives her life like this. She wasn't even aware of this, okay? And once she got there, the work began. Finally, she was able to enter her heart and discover something. And it was like a light went off. Oh my goodness. That's why she's a workaholic. That's why she's stressed all the time. Because if we are perfectionists, perfectionism is a disorder. We're not perfect. But if we believe we have to be perfect, then we live in a constant stress because to make a mistake is horrible and we live a lie. So we, it's, it's part of coming to know our woundedness. And once we're liberated of that, there's this freedom more and more to be authentically who we are in Christ, a freedom to be able to make mistakes, a freedom to laugh at ourselves. It's so beautiful. God the Father taught St. Catherine of Siena that we must work hard to bring, listen carefully, the words of God the Father to St. Catherine. Bring to the throne of conscience what is hidden in us. There is so much hidden with us and the work of God, if we permit him, is to bring it to the throne of our consciousness. That's into the light. So we can be more and more transparent before God. 
I always say Jesus Christ permitted himself to die naked on the cross. Naked. So that we can become naked before him. Unveil our masks. Unveil all our falsehood. Unveil all of this and be naked more and more before God. So he can reclothe us in holiness, his holiness. The white garment of purity that is spoken about in the book of Revelations. So many times, if you want to know how do I get to those wounds, it's first discovering our disorders. Discovering our disorders helps us to finally get to our wounds. A disorder is any behavior that is not virtuous including bad attitudes. We need to be attentive to how we think and feel in situations that trigger those bad attitudes and disorders in us. These include discomfort, anxiety, fear, anger. For example, we come in contact with an authoritarian and demanding person and we find that our reaction is to avoid them and run away. We find that we feel fear, insecurity, and inadequacy. Another example, we notice that we are unable to say no when we should. Then we feel resentment, anger, frustration because we acted just to please. See, many of us are people pleasers. We need to go, that's a disorder. If I am a people pleaser, which I was and I still struggle with, right? But when I see it in myself, I cannot live to please Christ. If I am in bondage to please everybody and have everybody have to like me, then I will never, ever be able to follow Jesus Christ fully. So I need to deal with that. I need to see how it plays out in my life. I need to bring it to the Lord. I needed to bring it to my accompaniment and spiritual direction. So the question why is so important. Why am I so anxious? Why did I feel so much fear from being in this situation or hearing this person? Why did I want to hide? Why do I want to escape my husband or my wife when they get like this? Why? Why takes us to the root system? When you get to the wound, it's so important to name it. Because when you can name the wound, you've taken ownership of it. You've touched it. So a wound can be, I was not loved. I was not appreciated nor accepted for who I am. I did not count. I was rejected, ignored, abused, forgotten, unwanted, ridiculed. Those are all wounds. These words on page 123, number 35. To suffer with me is to be made pure like me. This is Jesus. To suffer with me is to begin to love with me. To suffer with me is to become love. To suffer with me is to enter the fullness of joy and happiness on earth because I no longer live 
focused on Lourdes. I no longer live self-absorbed, but my life is lived looking and gazing at love itself as he suffers. And it becomes an honor. I am the spouse of Jesus Christ. It is an honor and a blessing for me to suffer with my beloved spouse, all that he suffers. That is intimacy and true love. And with this, I invite all of you to enter that vulnerability and intimacy in your contemplation. Amen.